0: Welcome to season four of the Navit podcast, all about money stories. We all have a unique relationship with money and an equally unique story about how that relationship made us who we are today. This season, we will be asking navigators in our community to share their tales. We hope these stories will help us all learn more about our common human experience and dig deeper into our own financial journeys. Feel free to join the conversation. If you have specific financial questions you would like people to answer, call us and leave a voicemail at 206-405-0182. We will read your questions and have them answered on this season of the podcast. We look forward to hearing from you soon.
1: Today we have Ashley K. Stoyanov Ojeda, a master at helping entrepreneurs find their niche to make the world better. As the founder of Women Crush, she brings an adrenaline rush of over 10,000 inspiring, aspiring, rising women songwriters. Ashley is also the co-director of The Mujerista, giving a platform to and amplifying the voices of the next generation of Latinas. If you have something to show, she can help you grow with know-how born in the fire of trial and error. Much respect to Mia Mana. Looking forward to talking to you. About that almighty dollar.
0: Welcome back to season four podcast of The Money Stories. Today we have one of our guest hosts on. Maya Monell is out of town. So Kenneth, we are so happy to have you. Kenneth is one of our amazing contributors. Welcome, Kenneth.
1: (laughs) I'm very happy to be here. And I'm also happy to say that we have Ashley Stoyanov Ojeda joining us today. So happy to have you here on the Navit podcast. Thank you for joining us.
2: Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here.
1: Absolutely. Now, Ashley, we'd love to give you an opportunity to tell our audience a bit more about yourself and, you know, kind of what you have going on.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, so I wear many hats, but at the end of the day, um, I am a writer. I am a business development and communication strategist and coach for creative entrepreneurs, startup founders, and small business owners. I work with some uh, organizations like the Mujerista Own Trail, and I also
0: started the nonprofit organization Women Crush Music.
1: Nice, nice. I love it.
0: It's incredible, Ashley. Yes, we are so excited to launch into your money story. So I know your professional story, but I don't really know your backstory. So at Navit, we really talk about money stories as a way of kind of identifying our behavior and our psychology around money, where we came from, what we had to learn and kind of unlearn and reform, formulate in adulthood, and then how we are today. So we'd love to kind of launch in at the like very beginning of your story. Do you have like a first memory around money? Um, I do. I do actually.
2: Um, I guess growing up, so my, I didn't grow up wealthy. I actually grew up a lower middle class in New York City. Um, ah, right, New York. Yes, New York City, grew up in Astoria, Queens. Um, we lived in my grandma's house. That's actually the only reason we could afford to live in Queens is because my grandma was very smart smart, and she uh, bought a house before Queens was cool. Um, <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so it was, you know, my, my parents did a really, really, really great job of making sure that we had everything that we needed so that we didn't actually really have to think about, oh my gosh. We don't have money, you know, right? Um, like they they did a really, really good job of making sure we had everything. however, we they also taught us, you know, like to have money, you gotta work hard. Um, mm. and so my brother and I both started working when we were really young. I was a babysitter, and then I started working in restaurants when I was sixteen, um and basically never asked my parents for money after that because I just didn't want to. I felt good making my own money, so I just, Started right. doing that, um, and then it wasn't until I started applying to colleges where I learned that our financial situation was different from the ones that my friends had. So, I went to high school on the upper uh, Upper West Side. I went to LaGuardia Arts Performing. Uh, oh me. wow! Um, oh. And most of my friends were Upper East Side gals whose parents were doctors and right. lawyers and they lived in the fancy apartment buildings with the doorman and I was I'd go over to their house and be like, Man, I wonder why we don't have a doorman. Like, you <laughs> right. know? like
1: why are like, we different? Yeah, <laughs> like
2: you know, like this is weird. Um and I kind of felt like super uncomfortable all the time, but I was just like, well, you know, this is where they live and this is where I hang out now. So cool. Um, But I, of course, wanted to stick with my high school friends, so I started applying to all the same colleges as they were and then got accepted to all of them or oh. most of them. Nice. But when it came down to looking at like scholarship offers and financial aid, um, my parents sat me down and they were just like – we cannot afford this. Right, <laughs> like, right. you, you're going to Hunter because you won't have student loans and yes. it's a city school. And wow. that's, that's just where we're at right now. And right. I, I was so upset. Uh, that, that's, that was the first, I mean, I'm thankful that it wasn't until I was like 17 years old, but like, I really like, I realized then that I was not, things were not the same. Equal. Right.
1: Right. And it's, you know, you talked a lot about, you know, where you went to school and, you know, having the opportunity to go to like a a music and art school, like Mm -hmm. that's, that's pretty major. Like my dad did that. So like, I kind of have an understanding of the the weight that carries. Um, But did you, did you feel like growing up there was like career pressure, was there education pressure? Like were your parents like, you know, you need your education, you need to do this, you need to do that.
2: Yeah, I mean they they both really stressed the importance of, you know School and going to college and stuff, but Mm. of course I came, I came out a musician, so (laughs) it wasn't really a whole lot they can do after. I they are just like, well, she she likes playing music. I don't know what she's gonna do now. Right. Oh, you don't want to finish my third year of college. I looked at my parents and I was like, guys, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm gonna quit and like go on tour. Like I, I didn't, I didn't end up doing that, but they were just kind of like oh, well, you only have one year left. Can't yeah, you just stick it out and then you figure it out, you know?
1: <laughs> that's honestly like you did good. I got through a semester, like that's as far as I could make it. And I was like, This isn't I shouldn't be here, and I didn't want to waste You know, very similar, like I was kind of like lower middle class and I didn't want to, I had that feeling I was wasting my parents' money. So I was just like, uh, let me just breathe. Let me try something else. So
2: you know that that is another reason why I I'm so glad that I ended up going to Hunter. And mm. not only that, like all of my friends are now stuck with student loans, and I'm just like, I'm not because my parents. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but because I also am not a hundred percent sure that I really took college as seriously as I. Could have if mm. I were to go back now at almost 30 years old, you know, um, because I really didn't know what I was doing there. And the right. only the only classes I really excelled in um, were I studied media communication. So, like, I took PR in journalism and music business and I literally took a class called Latina women. Like, <laughs> <laughs> nice. I. They were classes that I were, was actually passionate about. And I was like, well, if I learned to do PR, then I can promote my music. And that's what I ended up starting out in. I started nice. out in music PR. Um, and that's kind of how I got into, like, business marketing world. Um, but yeah. yeah, I mean, my parents have been super supportive always, and
0: they oh, did stress awesome. the
2: college thing. But after I graduated, they were just kind of like, "Well, you can figure stuff out now." And they're they're obviously like super proud
0: now. And of course, yeah, yeah. I love it. So, so, did, so you ended up graduating, uh-huh. um, and then jumping into the real world. So, did you pursue music? I know you said PR and all these other things. So, what did you do as an? And what were the feelings of like going into adulthood? With
2: um i was a waitress and bartender for like two ish years and like was actively playing music all over the city and then moved out of new york and moved to portland oregon and that's oh. kind of when my uh my organization the idea for my organization started and then i ended up starting it a year year after i moved um oh, wow. but yeah, I mean, I just I didn't really know what I was gonna do, but I was making good money waitressing, and I was having a good time playing a bunch of gigs. So I was just like, "Well, this is it for now, and let's right. just let's, let's just <laughs> see what happens. Let's just <laughs> see what happens." Um, and I I made it work. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, how. you did. <laughs> yeah, I don't really know how all of this has come together the way it has. Um, but it it did and and I'm I'm so happy that it did and I feel like every every step along my journey has had a purpose um Mm -hmm. and at the end of the day like I've always been a creative person who loves to write and create with other people but also help other people um especially help like get themselves started like I even when I was just doing music I'd you know, I'd always curate shows and I'd book the new people because I knew that that was the only way that they were going to get to play nice. at a bigger venue. Um, nice. I always just liked helping other people, um, kind of. We grow need more of that. Yeah. yeah.
1: And Absolutely.
2: Now I'm doing it in a in a different way, but it just it, everything
0: lines up and makes sense. Oh, <laughs> it's amazing. Man. So I would love to hear that jump from um, your own music pursuits and, and like, you know, waitressing and stuff into this like entrepreneurial endeavor. I want to hear that jump, but first I want to hear, um, what money beliefs do you think you brought from childhood into adulthood that you've either like decided to keep and you feel like maybe the hard work has been beneficial or you've had to reframe and kind of find your own path on?
2: Uh, Well, this actually ties in with my jump to entrepreneurship, so um, it's actually a great question. Um, (laughs) So um, when I was 16, um, I started working um, as a coat check girl for this high class um, Irish pub um, Mm. in the city, and I met. A lot of great people there, but also a lot of not so great people there who <laughs> had a lot of money. Um, and I was lucky because I am white passing. Um, so they were quite nice to me, right. especially, the, especially the creepy older guys. You know, I saw a cute oh, little 16 year old girl, like, oh, oh, you're in school? Oh, here's $20. Hug, like creep. Wow. And I'm like, oh, oh no. Cringe. No. Anyway, the story for a different day. But, you know, um, my mom also worked there. So I started working there because I was helping her out. And my mom, I don't look anything. I mean, I do look somewhat like her. But she is the most stereotypical little Mexican lady that, like, you, you'll see. Um, she's very cute. Everyone loves her. Um, but she had not so great experiences working there all of I the time. Imagine. And I witnessed them, you know, people treating her like she's furniture, basically. Right. or Saying things behind her back when they think that no one's listening. And I would literally be there. I'm like, that's my mom. Like, you right. can't. You're like, S- that's my mom. You can't treat her like that. Gross. Like, uh, pay up, <laughs> pay up. Um, but um, because I went through that with her, I kind of developed this mindset that people with money were bad, um, mm. that they were bad people. I, I was just kind of like, I don't ever want to be rich because rich people are evil and blah, 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 blah. Like all these moves started to to form in my head. And so I kind of brought that with me when this idea for woman crush music started. So it basically started as a monthly showcase at a local music venue here in Portland. Um, It very, very quickly picked up. We started packing the venues and I expanded to a few different cities and then to to almost 20 cities in the first year. And at that point I had to decide what do I want to do with this? Like what yeah. are we? Are we a are we a promoter? Are we going to be a label? Like are we a nonprofit? Like what are what yeah. am I doing with this? And I decided to go the nonprofit route because I was afraid of becoming a rich evil (laughs) birds
1: way to self-center that was good and i
2: and i did and i did not want to take money from artists who i know usually don't have money so i was just like how can i make everything that we do free or of like very 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 little cost to the people that we're serving um Mm. a few years into woman crush music um (laughs) Woman in Christian music took off really, really quickly, so I... I mentioned, like, in our first year, I went from just me to, like, a team of over 50 volunteers across North America, like, running monthly events in about 20 cities.
1: Yo, that's crazy. And I had
2: no idea what I was doing. <laughs> um, but it forced me to learn a lot. And mm. because we grew so quickly, it actually, um, you know, by year two, it got to a point where, like, we really needed money to be able to scale that i the way that i wanted to um and at that point i started like reading all these like money mindset books because i just felt super uncomfortable like asking for money to like sponsors Mm. or like sending out monthly donor emails or like things all the things that you have to do as a nonprofit (laughs) about money like i was afraid to do because i just felt super uncomfortable talking about it right um one of the books that really changed my life was "You're a Badass Making Money" by Jensen Sero. Um, and in that book, she kind of talks about um, how, with more money, you're able to help more people. And I was just kind of like, "Oh, yes, oh, Frame oh, yep." Okay, <laughs> and so basically. Since then, I like completely shifted my, I mean, not just because of that book, because of a lot of other things. Mm. Like I just kind of like shifted my mindset altogether and to be like, yes, I do actually want to be a rich person and so that I can impact more people in the way that I want to and to be able to help more people in the way that I want to. Um, so yeah, that's,
0: that's basically it. That's an incredible (laughs) evolution.
1: And I mean, talking about the fact that, you know, those people who, who put that in your mind, they were terrible from the beginning. They just became worse with the Um, money.
2: Do you want to know something crazy? So I just went through, (laughs) I, I went through an incredible experience, uh, a couple of months ago, so I went back to so because I would sit in the coat room, like doing my like homework, writing my songs or whatever, and like look at these people who were spending yeah. like forty dollars on an entree, twenty dollars on a drink, and being there the whole night, Ugh. right? And I would look at these people and I'd be like, I want to be able to do this one day, just like stress free, like mm. drop $100 <laughs> on a hundred dollars on dinner and I'm like okay. So. I actually went back, sat at the bar a couple of months ago with my friend, ran into some of these people who treated my mom like shit.
1: Love it.
2: I had Did a drink with them and I, I told them, I was just like, I would sit in there and dream of the day where I could sit, sit here and feel like an equal to you people. Oh, and like, I actually feel that way now. And they, like, they didn't really know what to say, but I was just kind of like, yeah, I'll buy your drink too. (laughs) Um,
1: I live live for that.
2: It was just like such a proud moment for me. And, like, they're really, like, people that I i wouldn't love to hang out with every day but like, right.
1: <laughs> but like
2: because i was just like so proud of myself in that moment like something came over me that i just like i just sat there and i was just like we're gonna close out the bar <laughs> oh
1: my god i love it i love
0: it um, oh it makes me cry how did did you tell your mom that experience i did i
2: did because she was just like why like why did you go like why were you there why were you there for so long and i was just like And then I explained to her, and I was just like, Mm. "Mom, like this is very, like a symbolic point in my life where I can feel like I am not less than these people. Like they made me feel so many years ago." And she was just like, "Good for you, hija. And I
0: was (laughs) (laughs) just like, "Oh, I'm getting like teary." It's it's really an incredible story, and it's interesting to me that it's both. Your mindset shifted, and you were you are in a, pro, a more prosperous environment, right? right? Like there are two yeah. things to it. It's like you are, of course, you were never less than these people. They were just assholes or idiots, yeah. and we can swear on it because it's our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, like they're they're just not like they have their own issues, mm. and also like your shift to embrace abundance and embrace um, your purpose in serving people and having money allowed you to be there in a place of abundance too, right? So it's really mm. It's really powerful and beautiful. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah,
1: no, that is incredible. And unfortunately, not enough people get that opportunity. So it's like, I've, I just live vicariously through you listening <laughs> to that story because boy, are there are a lot of people I'd love to do that too.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm so sorry. We're going to pause for a commercial break and be right back. Thanks for listening to the Navit podcast. Be sure to visit navitmoney.com slash podcasts to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover other incredible money stories.
1: We we actually discussed uh, quite a bit of this, you know, as we were going over your story, um, you know, about what your approach to money is now and, you know, the, the shift in your mindset. Um, but I, I'm, I'm kind of curious, like, for your future, you know, you have so much ahead of you, you know, and you've been able to do so much so quickly, like, what do you think your next big money move is going to be? You know, can you even fathom at this point?
2: Yes. Um, so <laughs> I hope I'm aiming in the next three years to be able to be an angel investor. Um, that's definitely on my bucket list for sure. Um, nice. there, it just seems like the, um, Immediate next step to what I'm doing right now is like, yes, I can help people's businesses grow to a certain point, but there comes to a point with a lot of my clients are at this in between stage where like, they've grown beyond what they thought their small business was capable of and now Mm. to scale, they need money. Up front. Right. So I really want to be able to get to the point where they're like, Hey, we need ten thousand dollars for this. And I can just take out my
0: checkbook and be like, All right, here you go. There you
1: go. Get back to work. <laughs> and now it's a little Yeah.
0: Now you have some equity. Um, Could you yeah. explain a little bit about what you did? So we got to um abundance mindset shifts and embracing um you know, a non a, maybe a for-profit world and a nonprofit oh, yeah. world. But what happened to your nonprofit? And like, what did you translate it into that you work on now?
2: Oh, um, so my nonprofit is still going, I'm still going. Well, we kind of took a little bit of a, a hiatus towards the end of the year because COVID. Uh, right. When you're, the world's on when, fire. When you're <laughs> uh, an organization that revolves around live music, and live music is like ah, up in the air, you know. <laughs> um, we are, we are definitely looking at pivoting um, our model a little bit going into mm. next year, which will be our five-year anniversary, which is super, super nice. exciting. Um, so my goal really is to be able to now kind of – uh, provide some kind of grants or scholarships for these songwriters to be able to record their music. Um, and the reason that I want to do that is because there is so much talent in the world and the music industry is at a point where you can't just record something on your phone and send it to even a booking agent to get a show. Right. <laughs> right. Like you need a fully like fleshed out radio ready single, like ready to go to get anywhere these days and the truth is is that's expensive like you're lucky if you're if you're paying like five thousand dollars for one song like And where where do people get this money? Like, where, right, like, right. like, like, where? When you're like 18 years old, like when how old I was when I was rec- when I started recording music? Like, where do you get this money? Like, it's insane. And so I um I want Woman Crush Music to be able to able either provide that or connect artists to you know places where they can get some kind of funding for their projects because that at the end of the day, like. Yes, we can revive the chapters and and have people, you know, play shows that are paid, of course, and, you know, help promote their music and whatever and connect them to industry people like we were doing. But at the end of the day, everyone needs money.
1: <laughs> right. But like, right. and
2: especially now when, like, live shows are unfortunately getting canceled again, all of the music venues that we used to work with have closed, like mm. – I think that we just need to be able to provide resources, but like resources that they actually need. Um, So we're going to be working really hard on that uh, next year, Um, hopefully partnering with some really big brands to create some scholarships. So that's kind of what's in the pipeline for that. Um, But completely separate to that is all of the work that I do with business development, with my small business and startup clients, and also super, super exciting.
1: You know, you've been talking a lot about what has inspired you to this point and, you know, what motivates you to keep going. But, I'm, you know, I'm thinking about it. There's so much on your plate. Like, is there anything particularly about, like, money, about this process that, like, just drains you? Like... I, I feel like something's gotta burn you out at, at a certain point with all this.
2: Oh honestly, fundraising for women crushes is, is really not my favorite thing in the world.
1: <laughs> mm, right, because you don't like asking and, for money.
2: <laughs> well, and no, but you know what it is though? <clears throat> because I've worked with my startup clients to raise money for them, mm. and that's come no problem. But it uh. it must be it must be something about the nonprofit model or however that transaction works that doesn't sit well. well with me.
0: It's really hard.
1: Maybe because it's yours, you know, like you just
0: also could be it,
2: Kenneth. I feel
1: like I just went, I feel like
0: I just went to therapy. (laughs) Good call, Kenneth. I would not have said that.
1: No, because I, I, I understand that feeling, like, you know, working at jobs and stuff like that. Like I've I've worked in a bunch of different industries and stuff, and it's like it's very easy to do something for someone else. You know, I I have their product, I sell their product, no problem. But it's like when I've put my heart and my soul, and I have my vision tied to this thing, and I know how great and important it is, how helpful it can be, but I don't want to ask for help. So no, it's it's
0: terrifying. You're right. It's soul crushingly terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I do. I would. My world yeah. too. <laughs>
1: so yeah, I get it. Yeah, no,
2: I I definitely think that probably has a lot to do with it, Um, (laughs) which is why actually this past year I invested in our first development director because I was just kind of like "Ah." smart. Someone (laughs) else who has that talent.
0: Yeah,
1: But that's, Um, that's the sign of a great leader. Somebody who knows how to delegate, somebody who can find a person who has maybe the skill that can make up for something that you might not be as good at or that you just don't (laughs) want to do.
0: Totally. So, and Ashley, why don't you just really quickly plug what you do because what what you do on your for-profit side is pretty amazing and how you got into that with uh, the Latina community. Yeah. Oh, yes. So um, I'm a
2: business development coach uh, for small business uh, owners and startup founders. Um, and I also do a bit of communications work uh, for OwnTrail, which is super, super exciting. Um, but I started working with uh, in a Brand called the Mujerista, which is a digital publication and community for Latinas, and I started working with them at the beginning of 2020, so like right before COVID, um, and it's been pretty amazing um, because I I don't think I ever really realized how important it was for me to be around other. Latinas who were doing what I was doing, um, until I became a part of this community and started meeting more and more of people who grew up like me. Um, and it's just super cool. And it was also just super cool to like, cause we have ongoing events and stuff and it was super cool to see, um, the community be inspired by the people hosting the events. And that's really like when representation comes into play, right? It's like the more we see more of us doing the things that we want to do, we feel like we can do them too. Um, And so that was really, really, really inspiring. Um, And I just, I love being able to work with more Latinas from that community and more of the new majority who are starting businesses to grow their ideas and, and just like make them happen. Um, (laughs) and, uh, a lot of business development, I think people don't really know what that is. Um, They think it's just sales. and It's actually not. It's it's way more than just that. It's actually a little bit of everything. It's really creating a roadmap for your growth, not just short term, it's long term, you know, to really get your vision out there. And it's a little bit of marketing. It's a little bit of sales. It's a little bit of PR. It's a little bit of operations. um, It's a little bit of taking a look at your budget and making sure your pricing makes sense. (laughs) Um, And so it's a little bit of everything. And it's just it's it's really really very exciting to to work with these clients and and see how much they they grow in actually a really short amount of time.
1: Yeah, and I I remember a very specific line from your uh from your bio and you were talking about finding seats at the table for, you know, people who aren't getting their voices out, there, who aren't being heard, even if you have to make your own table. And mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people talk that talk, but you're really out here making it happen and giving people the tools that they need to be able to be heard. So I, I definitely salute you for that. Like,
2: oh, yeah. thank you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm doing my best, and I'm, I'm, I'm really one of those people that like always wants to do more. Like, right, right, of
1: course. <laughs> if you
2: couldn't if you couldn't already tell. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just, uh, it's I just I feel lucky my clients are just like so thankful and they're so nice and they're like oh my gosh thank you so much we don't know what we do without you and i'm like no no no, but thank you like right i'm I'm just happy that i can be on this journey with you and like see the growth and you know like i i tell them too like I if I do my job right, like I, I'm not one of those coaches that like makes you sign like a multi-year contract or even a year contract. Right. Yeah, you know, I don't I don't work that way. Um, I don't think it's helpful for anybody for in terms of what I do, but there comes a point where like People leave and then they're at a new phase in their business and then they come back um, when they're launching a new service or product or pivoting or whatever Um, they want to get through. And, um, you know, that that makes me feel really good that I
0: can get them through these transitions.
1: Wow, so, I love it. It's so cool. It.
0: Yes. Okay. Final question, Ashley. And then we're going to get to the quick takes, um, which are always really fun to love do. That part. Yes. <laughs> um, I, at the moment. So as an adult now, what would you say is like your money mantra? Like how, what have you, what, what is your guiding kind of belief system as you manage money?
2: Hmm. That it is possible to make more
0: money. Amazing. That's and it. you're worth it. Period. Yeah. Period. Right. yeah. Right. Yeah. That's amazing.
1: I love the simplicity yeah. of it, too. Like,
0: that, yeah, that's
1: it. Like, I, I there's more money out there and I can have it.
0: Yeah, right.
2: that's that's basically it. There, there is more money out there. And if you need money, you,
0: we will find a way to to get it. Totally. When I was young, I think I also had, I had to switch to realize, and if I have more, it doesn't mean other people have less. Like there's more out there for everyone. We and, can all you eat. Know, yeah. Like the, the pie only gets bigger, right? Mm-hmm. By me getting more doesn't mean, yeah. Anyways. Mm. Okay. Kenneth, do you want to do the would you rathers? Oh,
1: I live for these.
0: Probably. I know. <laughs> They're okay. so fun. <clears throat> all
1: right. So I'm a huge foodie. So it is very important to me to see which side of the fence that you're on. I feel like we've been getting along, but this could damage our friendship. All right.
2: Cooking in
1: or eating out?
2: Oh, God. Um, I would say cooking in now.
1: Yeah, There we go.
0: That's in our older and wiser ages. (laughs)
1: Right, right. I do enjoy somebody else making my food, but I don't know, sitting in the kitchen, having some good conversation, listening to some music or something like you can't beat that vibe.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> let's see. Let's see. What's another good one? Um, All right. OK, so we're money people here. We like to be mm-hmm. very conscious about our budget. So so do we rent or do we buy?
2: Oh, currently rents, but on the path to buying very soon. There
1: we go. There nice. we go. Okay.
0: Yes. Congrats.
1: <laughs> right now, you do what you can, and then later you do what you want. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Words I of wisdom.
1: Oh yeah. Let's see. We'll get you. Uh, oh, do do do. We want to ask the question.
0: Do the question. Yeah, it's the yes. best.
1: <clears throat> Would you rather have a million dollars or have fifty million dollars, but a mime permanently follows you around.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no mime like this. <laughs> I feel like I'm gonna get canceled if I answer incorrectly. No.
0: <laughs> there is no we ask this stuff everyone, don't worry. <laughs> no one's been canceled so far.
2: Um well I would Take the million dollars and invest it so that I can make more than $50 million. There, there you go. go. And not have a mime. Oh, <laughs> that sounds terrible.
1: Just like a living mime. nightmare. Like <laughs>
0: <laughs> Just following you around.
1: Uh, it's no. so yeah. fun to
0: see people's. Excellent. Well, Ashley, it's been such a pleasure having you on our podcast and telling us your money story. Thank you for your time. We wanted to ask, where can people, A, find you out in the big wide world of social media and the World Wide Web? Um, And also, is anything big happening in your life in the next couple of weeks?
2: Yes, um, so many exciting things. But the most exciting thing is that I have my first book coming out on February 15th. It's called Jefa in Training, and it's a business launching book. Um, It's part book, part workbook. Um, So it literally guides you through starting a business and all of the things that you need to know to start your first business or pivot or whatever it is. It isn't Spanglish. It is geared towards the next generation of Latinas. I'm super excited about it, so um, and that's coming out February 15th, uh, so if you want to uh, order it or pre-order it, uh, you can do that on my website. It will be up there, which will is just uh, ashleykstoyanov.com. Um, I'll also be posting about it on my social media, which you can find me on all platforms at Ojeda.
0: So I'm super excited. Thank you so much. Yeah, we are so – congratulations. I already see it pre-ordering, you know, on Amazon. So it's very exciting. Yes, and it will Love be
2: it. everywhere. It will be everywhere that books are sold. So
0: Amazing. Yeah, and we will put that in the show notes so everyone can find you. And is that the website? What about on socials? Do you have an – is that your at sign? Yeah, Ashley K. Yeah. Spiano yeah, okay, Mm-hmm. Okay, great. So uh, on all the socials, follow this amazing woman. And thank you again for being on the podcast. Absolutely. I hope you come back thank you. soon. Uh, <laughs> thank you. This was so much fun. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to the Navit Podcast, where we share money stories. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to like and subscribe and share this episode with your friends. See you on the next episode.